What a Day is brought to you by Ulta Beauty. This AAPI Heritage Month, Ulta Beauty is celebrating the joy of belonging, belonging to a community composed of intricate connections, belonging to our past and our future, to the heritage and birthright that is beauty. Ulta Beauty shines a light on the AAPI community, passing the mic to brand founders and creators to tell their stories centered on heritage, joy, and beauty. They carry AAPI-owned and founded brands like Live Tinted, Peach and Lily, Glamnetic, Tree Hut, and more. Shop AAPI-owned and founded brands at Ulta Beauty Stores and Ulta.com. It's Friday, August 13th. I'm Gideon Resnick. And I am Priyanka Arabindi, and this is What A Day, the podcast that sniffs every Mountain Dew we encounter to make sure it's not <laughs> alcoholic. Yeah, alcoholic Mountain Dew is out there now, or it will be soon, and we all need to be extra vigilant. Stay safe. Protect yourselves, your neighbors, your friends, your loved ones. When they said do the do, it was menacing. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> On today's show, Britney Spears' father says he is finally willing to step down as her conservator. Plus, the country's biggest teachers union comes out in favor of mandatory vaccines. Yeah, but first we wanted to give a quick update on Afghanistan. So keep in mind, we're recording this on Thursday night and the situation on the ground is changing quite rapidly. But Priyanka, what is actually going on at the moment? So over the past week, the Taliban has taken over 12 provincial cities in Afghanistan. That's at a rate that's been really shocking and unexpected to the U.S. and the rest of the international community. The Taliban's conquests include Kandahar, which is the country's second largest city. And according to U.S. intelligence officials, the country's capital, Kabul, could also fall to the Taliban within 30 to 90 days. Okay, so let's back up for a second. Can you give a little background on what actually led up to all of this? Definitely. So earlier this year, President Biden promised to withdraw all American troops from Afghanistan. That was scheduled to happen by the end of this month, August 31st. It was a really big deal. American troops had been there for over 20 years. It's been super expensive, over a trillion dollars, and very, very deadly. Thousands of U.S. service members have lost their lives, and more than 71,000 Afghan and Pakistani civilians have died because of the war as well. Kabul was expected to fall after the American troops left, but definitely not in this time frame. Right. And so has all of this, these takeovers, as it were, affected the timeline for U.S. troops leaving the country? Yeah. So as of now, the timeline is still the same. Earlier this week, President Biden was very emphatic, saying that we've trained and equipped over 300,000 Afghan forces, and now they've got to fight for themselves. As of yesterday, the Pentagon is moving 3,000 Marines into Afghanistan and 4,000 more troops into the region, but they're mm. calling it a very temporary mission to help diplomats leave safely and assist with any possible evacuations. Biden has also sent an envoy to meet with Taliban political leaders in Doha to try to get them to stop their offensive and negotiate some kind of settlement. And so what else do we need to know about this whole situation for now? Yeah. So for most of us, these are headlines in the news we read every so often. But on the ground, this has caused a real crisis of violence, displacement, and human rights abuses. Almost 400,000 people have been displaced by this conflict since the beginning of this year. And 60,000 families fleeing violence in other cities are now living in the streets of Kabul. Journalists and human rights advocates on the ground have been killed, and there is increased violence, especially towards women and girls. We'll keep you updated as the situation changes, but that is the latest in Afghanistan for now. Let's turn back to the U.S. now with some other big news. So new census numbers came out yesterday that told the story of a changing America. 
Overall, the population growth dramatically slowed, but the data showed that diversity has grown quickly in the past decade, with the most gains seen among people identifying as Hispanic, Asian, or multiracial. Meanwhile, the number of those who identify as just white declined for the first time since 1790. I am imagining on Fox News right now, there is a little countdown clock in the <laughs> corner of yep. the broadcast, just like ticking down the days. A doomsday clock. Yeah. Yeah. But beyond <laughs> demographics, these particular stats will be used by state legislatures and independent commissions to redraw districts all over the country. And the way the maps are drawn can have a huge impact on who eventually wins important local or national elections and how long they may be entrenched in power. Republicans control the redistricting process in 20 states. That is more than twice the number that Democrats do. That also means that they get to draw the maps for almost three times the number of congressional districts that Democrats get to. Advocacy groups are already working off the presumption that there will be a lot of gerrymandering in the Republican maps, particularly given the further erosion of the Voting Rights Act by the Supreme Court. Yeah, and while the map drawing process could take weeks or months, we're going to get you some expert advice on what these numbers actually show and how they could end up being used. With us today is Yuri Radensky. He is the redistricting counsel in the Brennan Center's Democracy Program. Welcome to WAD. Thanks so much. It's great to be here. Yeah, thank you so much for joining. What has been your biggest takeaway from this data so far? Well, I think we're, we're seeing the trends that were true in prior decades, uh, holding true and accelerating this decade, and in particular, that the country's population is increasingly based in suburban and urban communities rather than rural ones, and that the population is increasingly diverse. There is significant growth among Latino communities, Black and Asian communities, and with people who identify as multiracial, and that's the category that's actually seen the most growth. Yeah, super interesting. And some of the other takeaways that I've been seeing, Philly kind of being knocked out of the top five uh, biggest cities population-wise by Phoenix. Um, I'm curious about what you are kind of seeing as the most interesting change based on geography. I think one of the most interesting things actually um, was news that came out in April, and that's California's congressional delegation is uh, decreasing for the first time in the state's history, which the state has never dealt with before, receiving less federal uh, representation uh, for the next 10 years than, than it did in the prior 10 years. Well, isn't it also New York losing one as well? And it was like the thing where it was the difference between like 89 to 100 participants or something like that? Yeah, uh, New York had a very robust get out the count effort. And and uh, what the one of the things that the numbers shows is that the get out the count effort in New York City in particular was very strong. And uh, the decrease in congressional representation was widely expected to be two congressional seats, and it almost ended up being zero congressional seats. New York was very, very close, under 100 people from retaining all 27 of its current congressional districts. Wow. That's crazy. I want to go back a little bit for a second. The, the census ran into several challenges when it was actually kicking off last year. The pandemic meant that census workers had a really difficult time doing outreach Former President Trump tried to add the citizenship question in that attempt to exclude unauthorized immigrants from the count. So is there any way to tell right now uh, if or how these numbers were affected by those factors? It's still a little bit too early. Uh, there are some initial 
indications that things didn't go completely off the rails. The mm-hmm. Census Bureau and others had made projections in terms of what the demographic uh, composition of the country should look like on the census, and the numbers came in fairly close. That doesn't mean that there weren't significant undercounts, and that doesn't mean that there isn't uh, a racial or ethnic dimension to uh, the undercounts. We just won't know until more granular data about that becomes available, which should be later in 2021, early 2022, and into next summer. Yeah, just to follow up on what we were talking about earlier with the new concentration or the increased concentration within cities, what does that mean for gerrymandering, specifically, you know, packing, cracking, that type of thing? First and foremost, what what it means at a very basic level is you're going to see cities and their suburbs have a greater number of districts. So you're going to see, uh, say, New York City is going to command more districts starting in 2022, uh, then upstate New York and Western New York. And, and that's going to be true in other states as well. In terms of how the boundaries are set, there are a couple of things at play. First, um, we're in a bit of a political transition moment. Uh, the suburbs are swinging toward Democrats. Uh, that is a trend Uh, that if current political conditions hold, will likely to continue. And that's going to uh, influence, um, even in states where it's a hyper-partisan and political uh, redistricting process, how these decisions are going to be made. It's hard to give a a definitive answer here, but um, these these abuses are are very real, and it's something that we're going to keep an eye on. Um, And the question is going to be whether, say, cracking Austin, which is what Texas did last time around, where not a single Mm -hmm. congressional district was drawn fully within the city's confines, will continue to be a viable strategy or whether uh, that's a way to create four or five Democratic districts uh, because the city is growing so fast. Right. And um, you're talking about this right now, but you've worked a lot on how this process can become more fair so that there isn't one side or one particular community or one particular political party dictating this or excluding the others from representation. So what can be done then in terms of reforms here? I think the key thing is that it's very hard to gerrymander when the process is sunlit. Um, If it's transparent, if everything is being done above board and the public really can see uh, how these decisions are being made what data is being used, and what is motivating the decisions, uh, it becomes politically untenable for lawmakers to at least carry out the worst abuses, the the most extreme gerrymanders. So that's probably the biggest thing at this point. And of course, one of the biggest and most consequential things that could happen is if Congress passes the For the People Act. There are very robust Mm -hmm. uh, uh, protections clear criteria and a ban on partisan gerrymandering, which uh, is very needed. Right. Yeah. Speaking of, you know, protections, I wanted to ask you, you know, as this process starts to take place in the fall, what are some of the issues we're going to face now, given, you know, what the Supreme Court has done to the Voting Rights Act and where we're currently at? The Supreme Court 
is uh, no friend to the Voting Rights Act. Uh, there have been nope. a, a, no, a number of decisions in the past 10 years that, that have weakened uh, and limited its reach. And, and so that's, that is a, a big question. And of course, uh, one of the things that we're seeing more generally are these frauds, uh, these post-election, completely phony, completely partisan autopsies of election results. And the, 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 the fact is, is there's a direct connection between uh, the changing demographics of this country and how politics are changing here as a result. Mm -hmm. And yeah. these uh, attempts to cast doubt on election outcomes um, and the vote suppression efforts that we saw across legislatures in the immediate aftermath of the 2020 elections. These aren't distinct things that are happening. They're all part and parcel of the same enterprise, which is to try to create a minoritarian government where minority mm -hmm. interests can still set the political agenda and the policy agenda. Uh, and that is at the expense of growing communities of color. So it's, it's a huge concern and uh, vote suppression works with gerrymandering to limit the political voice of communities of color. So all of these things that are happening need to be seen as as part of a broader web of bad actors and bad faith action with one goal in mind. Yeah, thank you so much for linking all of that together. I think that's gonna be really helpful for people to understand. Yeah. Yuri Rudensky, the redistricting council in the Brennan Center's democracy program. Thank you so much again for taking the time today. Thanks for having me. We'll have a link to the Brennan Center's work on redistricting and the effort to reform it in our show notes. And that is the latest for now. It's Friday, Wad Squad, and for today's temp check, we are talking about benevolent robots. So in Indonesia, residents of a village in East Java have created a remote-controlled assistant made of recycled appliances to help people who are currently isolating at home. This is a classic sad but also heartwarming type of story, which has become pretty common during the pandemic. The helpful robot is frankly adorable, with a head made from a rice cooker, a torso that's made from an old TV, and a gorgeous lavender and white color scheme tying it all together. Her name is Delta, you get it, and she's programmed with a friendly voice to say hello and goodbye, and she makes food deliveries to people's homes. The approachable recycled bot presents a sharp contrast to some robots that we've seen during the pandemic, like the terrifyingly sleek Boston Dynamics dogs, yikes, which have been used to measure vital signs and even encourage social distancing. So Priyanka, what are your thoughts on this story? So I... Originally, I want to say we should be skeptical of these robots and they aren't on our side. They're not trying to help. This is such a cute robot. This yeah. is, she's adorable. She says hello. She says goodbye. She's like, <laughs> has shades of like this periwinkle color. She's periwinkle adorable. Right. I love her. I love her. And maybe that means I will get taken over, you know, when the robots rise up against us, led by the Boston <laughs> Dynamics dogs. But um, for now, I love her. <laughs> I, I think it's also a thing like the color scheme is very inviting, right? Like it's not really sharp edges. I think for me, the second that we take like human or animal limbs off of robots and we decide like we're not doing that anymore, 
much more approachable. Delta <laughs> is moving around like on this kind of swivel thing. She's got like four wheels here. Maybe like looks a little bit like a toy car might be, you know, like the bottom situation that she's got going on. Very chill vibes. And just like that, we've checked our temps. Uh, if you want to help your community, I guess you can rely on a robot if they're friendly. And we'll be back after some ads. What a Day is brought to you by Monarch Money. Are you saving for a down payment, a wedding, a dream vacation? Monarch makes it easy to help you reach your financial goals. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all of your accounts, your investments, transactions, and more all in one place. You can create custom budgets, track your progress towards financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. really just makes it easy. After trying out Monarch for yourself, you'll understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash wad. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash wad for your extended 30-day free trial. What a Day is brought to you by Ramp. We are all looking for ways to simplify our finances. Isn't that the truth? Isn't that true? Lord, <laughs> tax week, man. That is why there's Ramp. Ramp is a corporate card and spend management software designed to help you save time and put money back in your pocket. Two things we love to do. Love that. With Ramp, you are able to issue cards to every employee with limits and restrictions and automate expense reporting so you can stop wasting time at the end of every month. Wow. This is huge. Yeah. Ramp is super easy to use. Get started and start making payments in less than 15 minutes. And now get $250 when you join Ramp. Just go to ramp.com slash wad, ramp.com slash wad, R-A-M-P dot com slash wad. Cards issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank, members FDIC, terms and conditions apply. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Therapy is great for, you know, you know that thing that just is like sitting on your shoulder, you can't get over it, and you just sometimes need somebody to talk through it with? Therapy can be helpful for that, you all, okay? You got to get it off your chest, you know? And you can do that with BetterHelp. So visit betterhelp.com slash wad today to get 10% off your first month. That's 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash wad. Let's wrap up with some headlines. Headlines. The biggest teachers union in the country announced yesterday that they will support policies requiring all teachers to get vaccinated or regularly tested. Support coming from the National Education Association is a huge deal, partly because the union represents around 3 million people across the country. So far, they've reported that 90% of their members are already vaccinated. This also follows a similar announcement by another major union, the American Federation of Teachers. Ultimately, however, it is up to state and local governments to implement vaccine mandates for teachers. This all comes as some areas of the country are struggling with a surge in COVID cases. Hospitals in Texas are reaching capacity and Mississippi is dealing with an ICU bed shortage. We'll keep tracking the state of things across the country on our show. We hope that it improves. Yes. 
There's some evidence that the perfect fuel doesn't exist. New research found that supposedly clean blue hydrogen releases 20% more greenhouse gas across its supply chain than coal and 60% more than diesel. This is a huge problem considering that dozens of gas companies have already started producing blue hydrogen and testing its success in existing gas pipelines. It's also predicted to supply about 18% of total energy demand by 2050. Now, tying this back to what we've been talking about in Congress, the Senate just dedicated $8 billion in its recently passed infrastructure bill to develop blue hydrogen, yikes, in an effort to combat climate change. It's now possible that that money would be better spent paying teenagers to set trees on fire. Blue hydrogen is backed by the Hydrogen Council, a group made up of oil companies like BP, Total, and Shell, a trio we can trust to know about climate change because they did a shitload of it. Yeah, this is bad. Just not not good in any way. Uh, no. But hopefully we do have some better news for you coming up next. Which pop star's dad has announced his intent to eventually relinquish total control of her finances? It's Britney, bitch. That's right. That is right. <laughs> Britney Spears' dad, Jamie Spears, announced yesterday his willingness to step down as her conservator. That is something that Britney and her lawyers urgently requested last month but were denied by a judge. In a statement released yesterday, lawyers for Jamie Spears defiantly said that there were no legal grounds for his removal, but that he was stepping down because continuing the public battle over the conservatorship was not in Britney's best interest. No shit. Importantly, Jamie Spears did not give a timeline for his resignation, saying only that he would step down, quote, when the time is right. I don't know what that Mm. means. Britney has previously described the arrangement as abusive and has called for her conservators to be put in jail. Yeah, I don't really trust anything that this guy is saying about all of this. No, most hated man in America. Get out of here. Yeah, what is going on? Uh, We are five days out from the end of the Olympics, and we are finally getting to the stories that could be classified as hijinks. So first off, Jamaican hurdler Hansel Parchment posted a video this week explaining how he nearly missed his event because he boarded the wrong bus. Then a volunteer sent from Transit Heaven lent him money for a cab and allowed him to arrive on time and win gold. The Jamaican government thanked the volunteer and invited her to visit the country. Personally, this is the exact thing I expect will happen to me anytime I do something nice to anyone or for anyone. Uh, In other news about trophies and how they taste, a Japanese mayor said he was sorry after he bit an athlete's gold medal. You can find the picture of it that I tweeted uh, yesterday morning, which I found to be hilarious. Uh, The mayor of Nagoya was doing a photo op with a softball player from Team Japan when he decided to honor his impulses and put her gold medal in his mouth. Mm-hmm. Horrific. Uh, he, he later offered to pay for a new one, but the IOC is replacing the medal for free. All right. You know what? I'm going to ignore that last crazy story and just, like, does that the first one, the, the story mm-hmm. about the hurdler, does that not scream rom-com to you? That is adorable. Screams. Screams rom-com to me. Yeah, yeah I want he, them to fall he, in love. She saved his Olympic chances. He won gold. They're going to reunite in Jamaica. Take one for the team. Fall in love, guys. Yeah. Please pay us to produce this movie. And those are the headlines. One more thing before we go. Some exciting news. In addition to Travel Anderson and Priyanka. That's me. The WAD squad is growing on Monday. Josie W. Rice is also joining as a co-host of What a Day. So you can listen in while she joins me for her first episode. And honestly, we cannot wait for that. To make sure you don't miss out, subscribe to What a Day wherever you get your podcasts. That is all for today. If you like the show, make sure you subscribe, leave a review, take that stranger's metal out of your mouth, and tell your friends to listen. 
And if you're into reading and not just fairy tales about the perfect fuel like me, <laughs> What a Day is also a nightly newsletter. Check it out and subscribe at crooked.com slash subscribe. I'm Priyanka Arabindi. I'm Gideon Resnick. And, and enjoy, enjoy your, your zero, zero ABV, ABV Mountain, Mountain Dew. Dew. Yeah, it'll get you cranked enough. You'll be fine. <laughs> What a Day is a production of Crooked Media. It's recorded and mixed by Charlotte Landis. Sonia Tun and Jazzy Marine are our associate producers, and Kelly Sadakun is our intern. Our head writer is John Milstein, and our executive producers are Leo Duran and me. Our theme music is by Colin Gilliard and Kashaka. The Angie's List You Know and Trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews. But now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Why are smart businesses graduating to NetSuite by Oracle? Because NetSuite eliminates the expense of multiple business systems by consolidating your operations together into one. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. NetSuite reduces IT costs because it lives in the cloud with no hardware required, so you can access it from anywhere. You cut the cost and headaches of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. Bringing all your major business processes into one platform improves efficiency, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move, so do the math. You'll see how you'll profit with NetSuite, too. And now, by popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Just go to netsuite.com slash podcast25 for more information. That's netsuite.com slash podcast25.